Week three in the Activate series, if you didn't uh, come to the message last week, we weren't here. We were watching the Seahawks game, but I did post it online, so when James is referring to uh, the fact that I preached it last week, I was just sitting in front of a camera talking. So if you haven't watched it, you really can anytime. Go onto our website and click on our media link. Uh, today I want to talk about the reality that served people... Uh, become saved people, and saved people serve people. So that thought of saved people serve people, and uh, what is saved, just all these elements of being an active person of the faith. And uh, man, just looking at this subject, I am crazy passionate about serving, so I hope I don't just overwhelm you with like details and stuff, but that's all good. Uh, The more like Jesus we become, I believe the more heart we have for people, and out of that heart we have for people, we just instinctively want to serve. It's just we, we want to lay down our priorities for their needs. Serving someone out of genuine care for them um, and compassion is so different than just doing service projects. And, and I would love to be a people open life marked by that genuine service or servanthood spirit, not manufactured service, not manipulative, not like, well, if, you know, if you're a real good Christian, you're going to serve. So you're like, crap, I have to serve. You know, it's like, I don't, that's not the heart of service. Like, it's more of out of joy and out of an overflow. We can't help but take advantage of the opportunities that are around us. Serving is more than a, a branding opportunity. Uh, and it's become, um, it's, it's really become kind of cliche, if you will. It's like companies it, it will serve for marketing purposes, right? I mean, it's like, let's get our logo on the shirt. Let's, let's show up so that we can say we showed up. It sounds better for PR if we were there. And, and we don't want to just be trendy in our service. We want to really just be those who serve. Um, it feels different. Maybe you've been the recipient of or been along for the journey of a marketing serve project versus like a genuine heartfelt opportunity to serve. It feels different. And uh, so today we're going to look at how, like, that feeling is different. Here's my life verse. and I have to kick it off. It's on the top of your handout. If you're a note taker, you could jot stuff down. Uh, but First Thessalonians 2.8 says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Man, I cannot imagine a greater delight. This passage says that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. I can't imagine a greater delight or honor, joy that my life could experience than the opportunity to serve others. It honestly is more giving back to me than it is to the person who gets served. But I just love it. Uh, servanthood should not be a task. It's a relief valve for the overflow of love that wells up within us for those we're blessed to connect with. I'll read that one more time. Servanthood should not be a task. 
It's a relief valve for the overflow of love that wells up within us for those we are blessed to connect with. Matthew 20, Jesus is talking. He calls his disciples together. He says this in verse 25. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man, speaking of Himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus did not come to market the gospel with a sweet tat on His right arm. You know, that's not what he did. He did not come to market the gospel in some creative strategy called servanthood. His life was given up for the needs of us, those around him. He came to serve. And so, uh, we're going to dig a little deeper. You got to repeat after me just for fun. Servanthood has a source. Servanthood has a source. Okay, there you go. And that source is love, if you want to fill in. I don't even know if that's on your sheet, but anyway, it's love. Listen to this, because it's simple. It goes back. You've seen John 3.16, like plastered on stuff and, you know, famous football players and stuff. But anyway, that don't get to play anymore. But the John 3.16 and verse 17 says this, God so loved the world. Do you hear the source here, right? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The very act of God sending his son to, to very faithfully serve the world was love. God so loved. Like that was the deal. And our need was salvation, and God served us by sending Jesus to live very faithfully and purely for 33 years before his life was taken on a cross and he raised from the dead three days later. That's where we put our faith on for eternal life, that he rose from the dead conquering death, hell, and a grave. Like that's the service Jesus came. That's the risk God took to serve us. He so loved. And it wasn't, it wasn't that he just loved the people of that time and that was like a gift to them. Like it was for all people who are far off, Scripture says. God so loved the world. It's not just for Bonnie Lake. It's not just for open life. Man, in October we, were, we got away with our, our staff and for a couple days, and we were praying about the future, you know, not just 2013, but we were praying about what do the next five years look like? How can we reproduce? How can we have, uh, you know, give, send more pastors out? How can we partner both locally and globally? And we began to, to pray and say, what difference could we make? Like, continue to make in Bonnie Lake and, and grow this thing called Open Life here, but like the communities around us, how can we connect with them and, and begin to, to reproduce, and how many people could we actually introduce to this message of the gospel that, that God so loved them that He sent His Son? How can we make that more clear? How can we clarify who we are so we could reproduce more smoothly? And, and how can we raise up leaders beyond volunteers? And, you know, so we just dreamed about all these things. How can we reach all the students in this community that are just so longing for leadership? And the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And we're like, Lord, you know, so we're praying and crying and sucking rug 
and stuff while we're, you know, just snotting and having fun, dreaming of the future. And one of the things that we talked about for 2013 is the reality that we have done, like really, Open Life has done a great job of connecting with our community and, and, and being a, a presence in community and, and making an impact with those that have needs and, and, and partnering strategically with schools and, and the food bank and, and doing some different events that, that help them and their mission and in turn allow us to have opportunities to genuinely love our city. And so we're doing these, these things which are awesome, but uh, we want it to have more of a like, global perspective. So we were praying, God, help us with like, our global strategy of missions this year. Help us to, to really know what partnerships exist out there. And I'd been dialoguing with a, a friend that uh, went from like missionary status to pastor status in Surabaya, Indonesia for a while. I've had kind of this heart for him for six years. I've known him. And we actually, a f- few years back, uh, uh, the youth ministry I pastored, we raised $27,000 and bought them a vehicle that they could use to get to remote places in Indonesia. Really, they need boats there, but, you know, when they're driving, they could use it. And so they uh, have this vehicle. They actually named it Thad. And they've been to Open Life when we were at Regal Theater. Uh, they were blown away as missionaries that we would, because there was this overlap when we were youth pastor and lead pastor. They were blown away that when we were raising money to start a church, we were still finalizing the money we needed to raise to buy them a vehicle. And it, they were just like floored by that. They're like, you're trying to raise enough money to start a church in a city, but yet you're buying a vehicle for us. And, and we were like, because honestly, I understand the need for people to be present in other countries and to, to be the representation of the gospel there. Specifically in a nation like that one, less than 1% of the people, uh, there's islands of 4 million people that have zero Christians. That's like the size of our state with not one person who has a personal growing relationship with Jesus. In fact, they're incredibly afraid of, like, demonic powers and stuff. Like, the, it is dark in some of those islands. And so they were, they, this church in Sarabaya has this mission to plant 100 churches by 2020. And so we've been sharing back and forth. We've been praying for them as a family for years. And, uh, uh, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we come back from this retreat, and in December, he zaps me a, a Facebook message and says, Thad, we have to come back and for six months and kind of tell people what we're doing in Sarabaya that are in the state of Washington. This is where they're from. We have to tell people. And while we're back, I was thinking, we've been talking about maybe a global partnership. You're planting churches in the Bonnie Lake area. We're planting churches in Indonesia. Why don't you come back here and pastor our church for a month while I'm there? And I was like, really? That's interesting. That's an interesting thought, you know? And so I uh, was thinking, you know, okay, now this is where I've overshared with my children at times because I have told them, like shown them pictures. Hey, look, this is, the, this is you know, the tailors in Indonesia. They're eating like uh, tarantula kebabs. And, you know, look, they eat tarantulas in Indonesia, you know, and I'm going... Because he said, bring your family if they can come, you know? I know it'd be an awkward time. He's talking. I'm going... I know the first thing, like, my, one of my daughters is going to think of is how deathly afraid of spiders she is. And if she goes there, the only thing she'll have to eat is, like, fried tarantulas. <laughs> sure enough, I was like, hey, 
you know, look at this message here. And I mentioned it at dinner with our family. And, uh, and Jenna was like, I am not eating spiders. <laughs> There's no way we're going there. But it was interesting how the dinner conversation went because every night uh, for the last few years, uh, we have prayed for the tailors. We just pray for their needs, whatever they've shared with us. And, and we pray for, the, you know, the next churches they'll plant and everything. And, and so we're eating dinner, and the kids are like, no way, I'm not eating spiders. I'm not... To go to the other... I mean, we have prayed for them. It'd be kind of cool to see what they're doing, and they're eating, and I'm just being quiet. And Dana's like, that'd be impossible. The flights are like three grand a person. It's like, yeah, it'd be really... I don't know. It'd be a miracle if we could go financially, you know. We're just eating, and then... The girls are like, but, you know, we've raised money for Charity Water this last year, and we've raised money for Convoy of Hope. We could totally do this. Like, we could write letters. They start brainstorming, right? And then by the end of dinner, they're like, let's go. I was like, that was a miracle, right? I'm just going, there's no way that happened. So then I went to our staff, and I went to our board, and I just said, hey, here's this opportunity. I said, you know, Jaden's our campus pastor. You could totally pastor open life while I'm gone. And just going, this would be easy. And uh, uh, we, we could do this. And, and so everybody was like, yeah, let's, let's see if this happens, you know. And so I told the tailors. They, were, they couldn't believe it that I would say, let's do this. And uh, so in between, like somewhere in the realm of August 20th and September 20th, we're going to go back to Surabaya, Indonesia. And while I'm there, we're going to plant churches number 28, 29, and 30 and, uh, uh, on their 100 churches that they're starting and see on the ground what they're doing. So when we come back, we have a clear picture, and not just me, but like a good spectrum of generations, like six of us, uh, the kids, you know, my wife, me, to where they can communicate clearly to their peers, hey, here's our, our global partners that are planting churches while we're planting churches here. Here's unreached people on the other side of the world. I think it's important that we have an understanding that God so loved the world, and we need to think beyond our capacity as an individual. And partner with a church where we don't just send money. Sending money is hecka easy to do. Every church they start is only, only costs $7,000 to start a church there. We raised like hundred grand to start Open Life. It was gone really fast. But anyway, they, you know, just the reality of 7,000 builds, really all it is is a steel frame <laughs> that they call a church. And they can only take six people in because they said if there's more than six, it draws attention and that's not safe. I don't really want to know what that means. And uh, so I just, you know, it's kind of interesting to, uh, to consider what the potential is of our future, future partnership with them. I want to go learn what they're doing. We're going to be training their planters. We're going to be preaching uh, their two campuses and then uh, seeing what they do during the week. And it's my desire that we make an annual pilgrimage and start trekking back and forth. We've already found flights for only 1200 which is a miracle if they stay at that price. Yes. But anyway, you know, just trying to see if we can get back there. My dream is to take enough money to plant that one of those churches is built by Open Life. You know, so not only get us there, but take seven grand with us, and, and we've, we've got our brains kind of wrapping around how we can do that and stuff. But here's the heart of why I'm sharing this with you. We need to not just serve ourselves. 
God so loved the world. When we talk about connection, and when we talk about serving, and when we talk next week about sharing, in the book of Acts at the beginning, it says that we're supposed to go to the ends of the earth with this message that Jesus came and saves. And we need to lay down our priorities to save the world. My wife's mom was like, um, finances are tight for you guys. We were like, yep. How could you even consider going to the other side of the world when finances are tight for yourselves? I was like, how could you not? Jesus came. He laid down his life for people. How could we not lay down privileges, cable? Uh, I won't, you know, I'll not lay down coffee. Uh, think of other things. Uh, you know, uh, cell phone carriers, phones. I don't know. You know, it's like you, know, you just make different decisions. And but not only that, believe that God can provide. And and so I want to. I was humbled this week when my girls started pulling out their Christmas gifts, these like jewelry making things and art things, and they started making stuff. And they came down and said, "Here's some stuff that that we're making." to sell for Indonesia, to raise money. And I was just like, now that's ridiculously humbling that they would say, my Christmas present? No, I'm going to sell it so that I can go to Indonesia. They're more excited than we are. They pull out these apps on their phone and start speaking Indonesian, and we're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But this is cool because we'll have translators. But I'm just, you know, uh, when people are willing to make a sacrifice, that's what service is about. That's what serving others is. It's an honor to be given an opportunity. We've been praying for these guys for six years. And this is the, the path I want you to see in this little illustration that compelled us to action. I want to share with you four steps to serving that literally compels you to action in whatever it is that you're going to connect with. It's connect, pray, love, and serve. Pretty simple. There's some little pieces in between. But the first thing is connect. In our looking at the process of really being an active Christian, which is what this series is about, Activate, uh, having an active, growing relationship with Jesus, which is what open life exists to lead people into, we believe that the core practices for growth are, are, are connecting, serving, and sharing. And kind of in that order, let me let me exemplify before I also read a passage here in a second that, that shows you this. When you connect with someone, uh, consider for a moment we, we connect with someone else in the community. As our relationship with them grows, our heart for them grows, and, and we begin to care more for them enough to maybe serve their need if we discover it. So connect, serve, and then share. By doing this, we share in life with them and responsibility of their need. We also end up telling somebody about it. We're like, man, I had the coolest thing happen this week. I got to serve some, you know, I got met someone I got to serve, you know, so you kind of tell the story. And, and then let's say, because this is a cyclical process, it just continues, 
life exemplifies and leads those around us to, to comprehend the connection we have with, with God, so there's a, a deeper connection, and then we serve their curiosity by bringing them I- into an experience with other believers. Maybe it's an event, maybe it's a, a serve opportunity in community, maybe it's a group, maybe it's a service, but we expose them to an environment where there's other believers. Maybe it's a Seahawks game, and they're like, these are believers. Anyway, um, and then we, we share with them the experiences we have in Christ, and then we, they connect with God, and then that connection with, with God allows um, uh, them to be inspired to volunteer, and now they're serving others. And then you see how this just continues? And then we, we share in the ownership of the church and growth, and it just this process of connecting and serving and sharing repeats. As an individual, we are compelled to serve. It's the action of our faith. Others through doors, uh, connecting, connecting with others through open doors, if you will. We just see these opportunities to connect. So how do you bridge from connecting to serving? My premise is prayer and love. So let's look at prayer. There's a powerful step that links connection and prayer, and it's compassion. And this is the passage I want you to really own here. Matthew 9, 35 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages. What was he doing? Going through all the towns and villages. He was connecting with people. That's what he was doing. He, was, he, he wasn't just in a room aside saying, yeah, I love all these towns and villages, and I bless them, Lord. No, he, he got up. He went out. He went to the towns and villages and, and connected with the, the needs. And then he, he served. He, he was teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease. So he was teaching and preaching and healing. He was serving them. So he connected with them as he went to every town and village. And then he was serving them by teaching, preaching, and healing. And then verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, he's now going to share with his disciples, right? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord, so pray, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So did you see how he, there was a moment of connection, there was a moment of uh, serving, and there was a moment of sharing in that order. It's a beautiful process, and that's God's heart for us. The beginning of love is prayer. We begin to pray. I've never carried a prolonged burden for someone I've not carried in prayer. You know, like I just, I lose my passion for something if I don't pray about it. Personally, a little ADD, maybe a lot. Uh, And I just, you know, so I need to be praying for something to keep my focus on it. The beginning of prayer is compassion, which is really impossible without connection. It's hard to pray for something I'm unaware of. Unless we're connected with the need, we will lack the true power of compassion for that need, which leads us to prayerfully ask God to make a difference in the context we've been exposed to. Your daily life is an opportunity, one opportunity after another, to see and discover the needs around us, the people around us. No wonder God challenged His prophets in the Old Testament. It says various times, lift up your eyes and see. 
Lift up your eyes and see. Notice, like, take a look around you. Or not, you know, and he begins to explain the circumstance. Jesus says, uh, challenges his disciples. He's in, just been talking to this Samaritan woman at a well, and he shouldn't have been talking to her, like, because they were unclean and all these different things. He wasn't even supposed to be in the city. He's supposed to go a different direction, but he chooses to go through this city and connects with this lady who goes back and tells all the people in the town, hey, I met the Savior, I think, and they're coming out to see him, and he's telling his disciples as they're coming towards him, you know, this right here, John four thirty five. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. It's like, guys, come on. Like all around us, there is opportunity. All around us, there are people that if we'll just live life open, if we'll just have an an open eye, if we'll just live life to be ready for an opportunity, we're going to see it all around us. Connection gives way to compassion, which fuels our prayer life. Live life open. Open your eyes. Look and see what is truly the need. Look who really God wants you to rub shoulders with and connect with and do life with. Brings us to point three, love. The love we speak of is not just like, yeah, I loved last year. I served at Beautify Bunny Lake. That was a loving moment. You know, I served. I did that. You know, it's not like a manufactured, self-improvement, benevolent type deal. It's a love that compels us to continue to action. A love that compels us to action. It's it's the most, it's purely birthed in compassion and prayer, which happened because we connected with a need. When you pray for those who have needs around you, you literally fall in love with their context. Like you feel for them. You've probably prayed for someone who was sick, who had, was battling cancer, who, who had some form of, of need. Maybe they were having trouble with their finances. I don't know, but you've, you've, you've given them or you at least told them you'd pray for them because you felt that. And if you did pray for them, you like carry the pain of that scenario in their life. This is love. It's pure. Its motive is genuine. Whether your neighbor is hungry, whether it's somebody suffering, whether it's an injustice you see that you just like, I can't let this happen in the world we live in. Maybe you have seen the increased visibility of of modern-day slavery and human trafficking, and you're just like, not on my watch. I don't know what stirs you to action. Personally, it bothers me that there can be islands in our world with four million people, an island the size of our state where there's not one person who has hope in eternity. They're oppressed. They're tormented by darkness. This is not a good life. And I want to make an impact in their world. Number four, Final step is serve. You know, we've got from connect to serve. James 2 says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. I always encourage people 
when you make that decision and you cross over from being curious about Jesus to, to choosing to follow Jesus and say, okay, I, I think, yeah, you're the Son of God, like you're the Savior, and you make that decision, I always challenge people to read two books. Read the book of John. It's in the second half. It's the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the fourth one. Read that and then read James because in the book of John, you're going to hear this over and over again. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one, right? God loves, God loves. You're loved, you're loved, you're valued. And you're going to hear that, that they miss the love, some of them in there. And you're just going to hear that you are loved and you have a purpose. And you're going to hear that over and over again. But then in James, you're going to read, which is farther in the New Testament, you're going to read that you're supposed to be active with the love you've received and give that to others. Like, there now is a task that God will burden your heart with, and, and you have to connect with it, and you need to be in compassionate prayer for it. You need to fall in love with that, and that becomes like a purpose for you. I want you to find that. Our service to others is not about what they can give us. It's about what God gives us as we're faithfully sharing and serving, giving His love back to those who have yet to experience it. That's why people say to me when I'm out in community, they say, you know, open life is really genuine because we serve without wanting something back. And that moves people. It surprises them. It's something we live out daily. And I want to challenge you to. First Peter 4.10 says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various form. God has given us the grace to start churches and raise up pastors and, and send them out. Open Life's already experienced that grace a few times. And why should we not do it around the world instead of just in our state and partner with those that are doing the same? Looking at that grace, how can we utilize that globally, not just locally? Matthew 23, 11 says, the greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's truly incredible what you're willing to do when you've been filled with love through compassionate prayer for those you've connected with. Like you're willing to do crazy stuff in the name of serving. Set up A-frames at 8 a.m. while on your way to church. <clears throat> This morning, I was like, I, I had the A-frame still from the Seahawks party last week, so I threw them in the back of my car, and on my way in, I jump out of my car to throw up one of the A-frames to direct people here. My car was doing great, uh, you know. I didn't know it was slick. I get out in the middle of, like, you know, 410. It was awesome. Wow! <laughs> like, whoo! You know, not a burden. I wasn't, like, a-frames, got to get up early, and cold, and it's foggy, and I got to drive a separate car from my family. You know, I wasn't. That's not like at all. That's, not, that's nowhere inside of me. Like, honestly, I was excited to do it. 
I'm a freak. You know what I'm saying? But it is. It's because I love our city. I love what open life is doing. I love the opportunity we have to, get, to come together and to, to read the gospel and be inspired to serve more. I, I can't wait to, to celebrate what you're doing, what you see, what you connect with. The burdens. I love the text messages. You know, I saw this. This family's house burnt down. What can we do? And, and I loved how this text message that I had back and forth with someone turned to, I'm going to see what I can do. Yes! And now I think we could do something too. But like to take on personally the task of serving our community. Maybe we're clearing a trail and clipping brush and blackberry bushes so kids can have a clear path to their school from, and, and be free from the fear of injury or like drug dealers or whatever, you know. Maybe we're giving up birthdays or, uh, or cable or cup. No, you don't give up coffee. Um, you know, something so that uh, you, can, you can go to the other side of the world and serve. Uh, maybe you're investing your life's savings to launch a church been there, and it's worth it. It's worth it. It's crazy risky, but it's worth it. What would happen if each of us took on the day around us as an opportunity? We wake up and we're excited for what we get or who we get to connect to, and we view every moment as a purposeful moment to live life open to the opportunity God is going to bring into our life, an opportunity to be connected to the world around us, connected to a potential person in need, an injustice that we can take on as a cause and just charge ahead with it. What happens when we begin to pray for the things we've connected to or the people that we've met and we see? What happens when we begin to love the people and and things we are praying about and, and our burden just gets stronger and our passion gets more zealous? What happens when we, both as a church and and even more so as individuals, put action to the compassion that we have been burdened with. Like Jesus, man, I look out there and I have compassion on these people. They're harassed and help us. We need to start asking for workers. Jesus becomes visible. That's what happens through us. We have stories to share, which we'll talk about next week. We do life together, and we're present with our community. Not just present showing up every once in a while, but like we're always shoulder to shoulder with what's happening. Like that's what happens because our eyes are open, and we don't let things go by without noticing them. Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well because you've become so dear to us. That's how open life started. And that's how we're going to continue. And I'm pumped about the opportunity we have to serve. Maybe this has just been a lot of info today to be downloaded your direction, but this could be because you've yet to allow the inward change to occur in your own life that leads to outward behavior. That inward change is choosing to follow Jesus and move beyond becoming aware of him to actually following him and giving your life up so that you can serve others in his name. Saving Saved people serve people. And so salvation is an important step. And when you choose to follow Jesus, you're saved. You have the promise of eternal life. I want to pray and give us an opportunity to do that today.
to invite Jesus into our life. But I also want to pray and, and, and for the opportunities that are going to open up to you this week. Your vision is a gift. Your eyes are a gift. Your heart is a gift. Your personality is a strength. In your ears, you're going to notice and hear things that I would never notice and hear. You're uniquely developed so that you can make an impact in this world. Don't let the world pass you by. God's gifted you to make a difference. Sign up to volunteer. Maybe you're just like, okay, I need to, get, I need to stop just sitting. I need to do something. Do it. Put action to what your heart is sensing, whether it's in the church or in the community. God, I thank you for every person that's here today. Thank you that they made their way through the fog and a little bit of slick action out there. I pray that, God, you would allow us to follow the opportunities that you open our eyes and ears to this week, that we would be those that would go through life with our heads up, our ears open, that we would notice the things that you want us to notice. Illuminate the opportunities around us that we could see and and put action to our faith and and that we could begin to share those stories. I believe you're going to allow some things to occur this week that we can even refer to next week. I'm excited to get the story from individuals. But I pray the most important story could happen in someone's life today. The moment when they choose to follow you as Lord and Savior. God, you served us by sending Jesus. You served the whole world. And that was inspired by love. Your service was sourced by love. And I pray that, God, we would not let that be in vain, but we would choose to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if anyone here is yet to do that, I pray that they'd simply just confess Jesus as Lord. As this next song is led by the team, I pray that they would consider what it would look like in their life to follow you and that they could begin to grow in their faith, open up the book of John and James and begin to pursue you. Maybe as they jump into a group this week, Lord, that that we would begin to develop and connect with one another and learn some things that we could be praying for that we were totally unaware of and it would transform some lives because church is to be a family, not a business. And I just pray that God, you would allow us to to love one another and love the world around us. Fill us with passion today. Fill us with fresh life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.